still a light that shines I on see me. It. Shine Let until it. tomorrow. Let it be. Because I'm gonna wake up to the sound of music. Mother Mary comes to me. And welcome. I'm Judith Killian, and I have the honor of serving on your board and sharing a few announcements with you this morning. First, I ask that you take out your electronic devices, and if you're on social media, please check in with your people and let, you know, let them know you're here at Unity Minneapolis. And then please silence your device or turn it off and give yourself and others the gift of this sacred hour. This afternoon at 1.30, Catherine Grotenheis is leading the first of a two-part workshop, Heal Your Body, Yes You Can. Part two follows next Sunday. Tuesday night is our monthly healing and wellness service, as well as the follow-up workshop to today's lesson, Healing Your Past and Becoming Free. This will be led by Dr. Michael Opsatz. Both events are at 7 p.m. <clears throat> Saturday at 10 a.m. is the Affirmative Prayer Workshop. This workshop is required for anyone who's wanting to be a prayer chaplain, but it is open for all. Stay after service today for a question and answer, get to know you session with our Board of Trustees candidates. Please see their bios in your bulletin insert. Myself, Nancy, and Sarah will participate this Sunday and Jerry, Nancy, and Sarah will be here next Sunday after services. Our annual meeting is February 16th, and all of you, all congregants, are urged to attend. Information and sign-up sheets for all of these events and more are in the garden court. And if you don't already receive our electronic newsletter, The Peak at the Week, please sign up for it to stay up to date on all of our latest news. The flowers today are in honor of Tony and Edna's anniversary, so congratulations and thank you. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> A reminder that wearing fragrances may keep others from enjoying or even attending services. So for the health and consideration of others, we ask you to please refrain from using fragrances. Thank you. We now turn to Kevin Hudala, who's filling in for Reverend Pat while he's on vacation for our opening prayer. Please join me in prayer. Feel yourself calming and centering into this present moment. Know fully that we are always wrapped in the arms of the divine. Inhale and cultivate a sense of calm and stillness. 
Sweet Spirit, we are filled with a sense of gratitude for the gift of life. We give thanks for the gift of this day and all the opportunities that it brings. We are especially grateful for Unity Minneapolis and our powerful vision of transforming the world through love, peace, and compassion. We especially bless the leaders of this country and of the world with divine wisdom, courage, and integrity. And we bless the leader with each one of us with the same. As we navigate the journey of life, we stand in a place of knowing that all is well and in divine order, even though at times it may not feel that way. We open our minds to insights and learning. We open our hearts to a greater sense of love and forgiveness. And it is with great confidence and joy that we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. Amen. I think we need to celebrate this day. Please stand as you are able for our opening song. We're going to sing a song that Judy and I wrote, but it's been a while since we've done it. I like singing to people instead of talking. I like that, too. I know. So what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to sing first person chorus and if you don't want to sing along that's okay you can listen and learn because we'll go back to the top and sing it again it goes like this for 
Good morning. Thank you for choosing to spend part of your day with us. For those live streaming, we especially welcome you as well. As you may know, welcoming itself is one of our core values. And so therefore, one of the favorite things that we like to do from this platform is to welcome our guests. So if you are here with us for the first, second, or third time, I invite you, like Lori and I, to raise your hand. Take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as we are raising. Yes, welcome. Welcome. A little appreciation. The rose is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you and extend the personal welcome to you. You're also receiving a packet, which also includes lots of information about unity and what we're all about here. All of that is important, but one of the most important things that's said on this platform each and every Sunday is this. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you are welcome here. Let's appreciate our guests. Today is also name tag and birthday and anniversary Sunday, so we invite you to wear name tags because we believe that helps us to build a greater sense of community. If you have a birthday or an anniversary in the month of February, we ask you to stand for just a few moments and remain standing. Don't be shy. Come on. Yes. A little appreciation. Yes. Please remain standing. Charles Fillmore, who is co-founder of our movement, has assigned uh, a power to each one of the months of the year. And this month, the uh, power is all about strength, 
all about strength. The corresponding uh, disciple is Andrew, and the color is light green. Strength is defined as the ability to endure, stay the course, and to persevere. And the affirmation is, I have the strength to accomplish all that is mine to do. Can we do that together? I have the strength to accomplish all that is mine to do. Let's appreciate. I think we also enjoy greeting each other, yes? We do that with a handshake, a hug, a namaste, and we always ask before we... Let's have at it. If you did not get to that individual you wanted to, I invite you to stick around after service and join us for coffee and tea in Friendship Hall. Let's, uh, let's settle in for the reading of the Daily Word. Now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you are invited to mentally add your prayers to the written requests in this box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. Your prayers have been prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days. And then they are forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for another additional 30 days. The word for today is guidance. God's wisdom, love, and understanding are written on my heart. In the Bible, the prophet Jeremiah shares an inspiring vision describing God's promise to put my law within them and I will write it in their hearts. God's law is a spiritual principle which brings order to the universe and everything in it. It is also God's living, guiding presence in my mind, in my heart, and in my life. 
through my prayer and meditation practice. I open to the spiritual law at work in my life. My understanding grows in harmony with this law and my discernment leads me to make sound decisions in every area of my life. In the silence, I claim the wisdom, the love, and the understanding that are inherently mine and allowed, allow them to guide me. And scripture tells us, my friends, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's from Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 33. The word for today is guidance. This life as it is, go inside to find. 
Please join me in meditation. Relaxing into your chair, I invite you to let go of the noise and the busyness of the morning. And if you feel comfortable, allow your eyes to close. Bring your awareness to your breath. Breathe in deeply all the way down to your toes and exhale fully all the way out the top of your head. As we follow this life-giving rhythm, we breathe in and we breathe out. This life-giving rhythm leads you inward to your heart center. Touching that place of divine love within. Become aware that love radiates throughout your being. Resting in this awareness, allow love to flow in and through you. Like the brilliance of a sunrise, bringing light and warmth let compassion and understanding shine into every corner of your heart. Moving into the silence, I invite you to listen for that still, small voice as it guides you towards the healing release of forgiveness in the silence.
as you begin to gently return to this time and place. Become again aware of your breathing. And as you return, allow the blessings of silence to accompany you. In forgiving, we merge the Christ light within, living and moving from a place of pure love. And so it is, and so we let it be. Amen. But now I am found was blind, but now I see it was great.
Rachel, just beautiful. Andrea, thank you. Twelve-year-old Andre was walking home from his baseball game and feeling especially lousy about himself. You see, during this particular game, he had struck out once, was called out at second, and he'd missed a couple of pretty easy fly balls. Along the walk home, his beloved dog, Losha, was walking with him, and he was pacing back and forth, as dogs sometimes do. And Losha was quite excited and kept saying to Andre what a wonderful job he did with the baseball game. And he was highlighting all the things that went well and went right with the game and all the things that he had done well in the past. And this went on throughout their journey till they made it home. Upon making it home, Andre, who at one point in time was ready to give up the sport of baseball, had shifted his mindset to the place where he thought maybe he did know a thing or two about baseball, and in fact, he might even be optimistic enough to pursue it even further and become the best baseball player in the world that Losha had held him as. The moral of the story is... To err is human, but to forgive is canine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In transparency, I tested that uh, story with my brother, and he said, you know what, you might need to connect the dots for folks. But I'm, I, I think you got it based on your reaction, so thank you. <laughs> so the title of my talk today is Cancel, Cancel, Old Resentment. And when I think about letting go of resentment, what automatically comes up for me is the idea of forgiveness. So let me set a baseline with you here. When we actually forgive someone, who are we doing that for ultimately? 
ourselves. Yeah, so when we forgive others, it sets us free. It sets us free. I'm curious, how many of you have fully completed your own forgiveness work? Show of hands. Show of hands. <laughs> so one of my favorite teachers is Edwin Gaines. And what she would tell us is, if we still have a physical body, and it appears like most of us do, we have at least some forgiveness work to do. So if you haven't figured it out, our topic today is all about forgiveness. So before we dig in, let me set some context. As you may know, we're in the middle of a new series, kicked off a few weeks ago. And what I love about this series is that we have the Sunday lesson where we offer some practical insights and teachings, because we're all about practical Christianity, right? And then along with that, we have a corresponding uh, session or class on Tuesday evening to take the topic a little bit deeper, really bring it to home and bring it to light. So a few weeks back, Reverend Pat kicked off our session or our series talking about vision and how it is so important that we have a vision for our lives. As co-creators with spirit, it is important to be really clear. What do we want for our lives? Because we're responsible, folks, both short-term and long-term. And as the Bible tells us, without a vision, what happens? We perish. We perish. A couple weeks ago, Reverend Tony talked about the importance of prosperity. And she reminded us that we live in an abundant, unlimited universe. She also suggested that we each probably have our own unique definition of what prosperity is for each of us. And that for sure, prosperity is oh so much more than just material resources. A couple weeks, last week, Reverend Pat talked about the art of selfishness. Sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but really what was underneath his message was this importance of self-care. In order for us to serve each other at the highest level, we need to take care of ourselves physically, spiritually, and emotionally. It's the old concept of we need to put our own mask on before assisting others. If you're part of that lesson, you're also part of his larger setup because almost immediately after sharing the message about self-care, he departed on vacation. <laughs> Well-deserved vacation, mind you, but he still departed on vacation. So I want to talk about forgiveness, what it is, and then what gets in the way of us forgiving in a more generous manner. I also want to talk about the importance of self-forgiveness because sometimes that can be very difficult for some of us. And I want to introduce the concept or talk about the concept of radical forgiveness. Ready to explore that with me? Well, good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So let's jump in. Most psychologists would define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has caused harm, regardless if they deserve the forgiveness or not. The dictionary simply defines forgiveness as giving up resentment against another. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of a movement, defines forgiveness as the process of giving up the false for the true. 
He says it is through forgiveness that true spiritual healing is accomplished. Myrtle Filmer was once asked the question, should one always be sweet and forgiving? And her answer was yes, yes, but she qualified her response. She said yes, but not necessarily soft and without backbone and individual conviction. She says, be sweet. Know it is the expression of the Christ ideas in your consciousness. Be forgiving because the true light reveals the fact that others are only children experimenting, trying to use what God has given and depend to some extent upon the discipline and help that comes from bumping up against others. We learn and grow in the context of our relationships, especially learning about forgiveness. She continues, forgiveness is not silent consent, the negative appearance of making the best of a situation while underneath there is resentment. Forgiveness is the art of putting something else in place of the thing forgiven. Our master Jesus, our teacher and way shower, also had a couple things to say about forgiveness. In the book of Matthew, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive my offender? Is seven times enough? What did Jesus say? Not seven, but seven times 70. And really what that's all about is this notion of unlimited forgiveness. In order for us to love unconditionally, we need to practice and get to the place where we love or we forgive on an ongoing basis. Not only did Jesus teach us about forgiveness, he also modeled that. In some of the most profound words in the Bible for me, Jesus says from the cross, Forgive them, they know not what they do. Forgive them, they know not what they do. Keep that powerful statement in mind as we explore forgiving others as well as forgiving ourselves. When it comes to forgiveness, I think the real truth of the matter is that most of us have expectations or illusions possibly even delusions about the way the world is or the way we think the world should be. Author David Rico reminds us of five realities that are part of our human experience. Number one, everything changes and ends. Number two, life is not always fair. Number three, things don't always go according to plan. Number four, suffering is part of life. And number five, people are not always loving and loyal all the time. Once we surrender to and accept these five human realities, resentment tends to diminish and forgiveness becomes easier. Make sense? Not that long ago, I had a first-hand experience with these five realities showing up, actually right in my face. I also had some deep forgiveness lessons as part of this experience. 
You see, a while back, I had an intimate relationship that abruptly ended, leaving me feeling betrayed and discarded. Being the spiritual psychologist that I am, <laughs> I very quickly moved to affirmations and blessings of forgiveness and blessings for this individual to move forward. And I totally stuffed my emotions in the matter. Little did I know that I was attempting a spiritual bypass <laughs> without actually doing the full forgiveness work. Ever done that? In reality, underneath my words of blessing and forgiveness were deep feelings of hurt, anger, and resentment that were simmering away. My lack of forgiveness began to impact my physical, emotional, and spiritual health. This all resulted in a very direct wake-up call where I found myself facing a health challenge. I thought I had done my forgiveness work, but in reality, I had short-circuited that process. It had not finished. Oh, and by the way, the universe is generous, and so when we don't learn our lessons and have the opportunity to correct or do it right in terms of forgiveness, it brings it back. Also for me, there was layers of shame in that I thought I should have known better or done better around that. So if we have been taught that forgiveness is a good thing, if we've been taught that there's a lot of benefits for us when we forgive, what gets in the way? What stops or inhibits us? What slows you from generously forgiving? William Fergus Martin is the author of Forgiveness is Power, and he's the founder of the Global Forgiveness Initiative. The primary mission of this global nonprofit is to make the process of forgiveness understandable, practical, and commonplace. First off, Martin defines forgiveness as letting go of wanting to punish or letting go of suffering. I suggest the first step here in letting go includes the letting go of the need to be right. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm curious how many of us love to be right. It goes back to the question, would I rather be right or would I rather have peace? I choose peace. Martin says that in order for us to be more generous with our forgiveness, we need to understand what gets in the way. He just suggests that some of the primary reasons that we don't forgive, or the number one, is that we've never been taught how. We've been taught along the way, probably early on, that forgiveness is the right thing to be doing, and yet at the same time, we don't always know how. He says this dilemma can potentially be crazy-making. We know we need to, to forgive, but we don't have the tools or skills to do it or do it well. Another factor that gets in the way of us forgiving is fear. Fear that is based on the idea, if I forgive, they're going to do that to me again. Forgiveness almost seems like it's rewarding bad behavior. 
While it's only natural to not want to be hurt again and again, we, once we really truly understand forgiveness, we learn we have healthier choices. One very important distinction that he makes is this difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. He would say that these are two different yet related activities and choice points. Sometimes we forgive and yet feel that it is in our best interest to not reconcile. And that's okay. He says ideally that at least some forgiveness needs to proceed reconciliation because if that doesn't happen, we potentially will make unclear or unhealthy choices. Without forgiveness, our reconciliation might be motivated by things like guilt and codependency. And if we do reconcile without forgiveness, the wounds of the past typically show up and amplify in the presence. He says that true forgiveness gives us the freedom to stay and the freedom to walk away. Forgiveness is power and this power allows us to forgive and yet still choose to make healthier choices for ourselves. Another factor that gets in the way of us forgiving is that we derive sometimes some value out of being the victim. Sometimes we can get caught up in our ego and stories about how we have been hurt and wronged and taken advantage of. Often we can receive positive attention from well-intending, compassionate individuals. And this attention and support typically feels really good, especially when we are in pain. Let me be clear. It is perfectly okay to sometimes feel the feelings of victimhood, but long-term, that does not serve us. It is appropriate to feel and honor our authentic emotions in such a matter. However, we do not want to be building a monument to honor our victimhood, anger, or hurt. Sometimes the, rela the related emotions themselves that are part of that situation inhibit us from forgiving. I don't know about you, but I was raised in a home where we were implicitly taught to stuff our feelings, especially those of hurt and sadness and anger. Most psychologists advise that we need to name, experience, and express our feelings before we can release them and truly move on to forgiveness. Sometimes, and more so for some of us, the most difficult person to forgive is ourselves. Can you relate? I think some of this is due to the complicating factors and feelings related to shame, guilt, and unworthiness. Self-forgiveness is one of the most unselfish things we can do for ourselves and, frankly, for others around us. Actually, self-forgiveness helps to counter feelings of shame, guilt, and unworthiness. Without self-forgiveness, our ability to forgive and fully love others is radically stilted. The concept of radical forgiveness is based on the work of the late Colin Tipping. This is founded on the idea and belief that everything that happens 
all happens for a divine purpose that ultimately serves our soul's growth. This includes even the most difficult and heartbreak experiences. This position assumes that life is not a series of random events, but that we are here for a purpose. And that ultimate purpose is for us to learn and evolve. I don't know if you buy into that stuff, but I do. These big and small challenging situations come up in our life for our own healing and spiritual growth. The normal concept of forgiveness is generally about letting bygones be bygones, but still retains the notion that you did this to me, and therefore I still am the victim. Rattle forgiveness is about moving from a state of victimhood to a state of victory. The shift is moving from this situation happened to me to the mindset that this situation happened for me and for my benefit. However, I need to at least be willing to entertain the possibility there, there is a divine purpose in everything, even the tough stuff. Bless you. We've all had experiences where at first blush we think they are negative, but in hindsight, those experiences end up being some of the things that provide us the most perfect growth. Let me give you a specific example. I have a friend who was bullied as a child. This experience profoundly impacted his life and ultimately his life mission and purpose. Long story short, my friend went on to become a professor, an author, a mentor, a teacher, with much of his work focused on raising children in a nonviolent way. It's highly unlikely had he not had these difficult, horrible experiences, it's highly unlikely that he would have gone on to help the countless individuals that he has and still does. His life work is a perfect example of how forgiveness can help us to propel forward into our own life purpose. I want to talk briefly about some of the how of forgiveness. I also recommend this Tuesday evening's workshop with Dr. Mike where some of the how will be applied and experienced. In terms of the how, there are numerous options. There are tools, videos, meditations, all sorts of options there available for us. My recommendation is find one or two that works for you and use it. And use it. William Martin provides us with a four-step process which works for forgiving another as well as ourselves. Step one is having the desire, the actual desire to forgive. And he suggests that sometimes this may feel a little bit inauthentic, but it's that, that notion of fake it till you make it. Step two is to identify and articulate the raw, honest, and authentic feelings in the matter or situation. Step three is to identify and articulate the benefits that are available to us by forgiving. Oftentimes, they are the exact opposite of what we articulated in step two. Step four is to develop a forgiveness affirmation that summarizes step two and step three. Also, I firmly believe that this four-step process can be amplified 
by weaving in the ideas and concepts of radical forgiveness, where we do entertain that the situation was actually for our higher good. Here we are open to the possibility that nothing happens to us and that everything happens for us. We then use all this content to create an affirmation which we then use in an ongoing fashion. Let me give you a concrete example. I forgive blank for betraying and abandoning me. I now accept the peace and freedom that forgiveness brings me. I now fully realize the benefits, blessings, and soul growth that this entire experience has brought me. Got it? As you potentially try something like this, I encourage you to have an attitude of experimentation. Give it a try and feel what it's like and feel free to modify such a process in a way that works for you and for your situation and feels right for you. I want to come back to the idea that if we're still in a physical body, we still have at least some forgiveness work to do. I encourage you this week, my challenge to you is find a specific opportunity for you where there might be an opportunity for completion on forgiveness or even to begin that process. Find something real for you and take some concrete action. I'd love to hear what you do and how it went. In closing, I believe that we are on this life journey to heal ourselves, help to heal others, and ultimately to help heal the planet. This healing does not, will not occur without generous forgiveness. Marianne Williamson tells us that the practice of forgiveness is our most important contribution to healing the world. And so it is.
seem small And the fears that once control me Can't get to me at all It's time to see what I can do To test the limits and break through No right, no wrong, no rules for me So forgiveness is truly about letting go and setting ourselves free. Right, Lori? So it's time for our offertory. The blessing itself is found in the order of service. I will say it once and then ask you to say that with me and then a third time silently. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am together. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And now silently. Amen.
invite you to just get in touch with a sense of deep gratitude. Just feel that breathing into you, gratefulness. And sweet spirit, we are so grateful for the gifts of today. We are grateful for these material financial resources, the gifts that have been received in the mail, the gifts from those who are streaming with us. We are so grateful. And we bless these gifts knowing that we have the power to bless. And what we bless multiplies. We bless these gifts and see them going forth to fulfill our mission of a transformed world. And so it is. And so we let it be. Amen. That was beautiful, you guys. <laughs> Bill Finn, he wrote that yeah, for this you. morning. Thank you. Thank you. I invite our on-duty prayer chaplains to please stand. These individuals arrived early. They are here to hold sacred space for us. If you have a prayer request or prayer need, I encourage you to seek one out. They will listen with the ears of the heart, and they will hold what they have heard in the strictest of confidence. I promise it'll be a blessing for you as well as for them. One quick reminder, our upcoming uh, annual meeting and election, and a reminder that it's an opportunity after each service this week and next week to meet our four board candidates for two open positions. So encourage you to take part in all that as ownership and good stewards of this spiritual community. I think I hear children. Shall we bring them in? To those who brought their children with us today. We had a great time talking about compassion, also known as love in action. Uh, so check out the projects they made, some cards to go to people who are recovering in our community.
etc. I also invite you to come support our Uniteens, who are sixth to eighth grade group. They're selling coffee, tea, and chocolate-covered espresso beans in the Friendship Hall. So come support that and have a great day. Thanks. Thank you very much. Let's appreciate our adult volunteers. And let's know our prayer for protection and our peace song together. The light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well. Thank you.
we can.